May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 56. When he came to his hometown, Jesus taught the people in their synagogue. They were surprised and said, where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get the power to work miracles? Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? Aren't James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas his brothers? And his sisters, aren't they here with us? Where did this man get all of this? What a treat. I actually had asked uh, for a little bit of background about our cross here. And for the children, uh, and actually any of the adults who are coming forward for communion, feel free to take time to walk behind the communion table and touch our cross. It has um, chisel marks on it that Greg did. And Greg built so much of our sanctuary furniture. And uh, I heard a beautiful story that um, Greg had Chuck's picture next to his bedside after uh, Chuck's passing. So I have much to learn about the congregation, but a, a very easy one is the beautiful woodwork and the skill of the carpenters and how that has edified all of you and me. Wow. Let us pray. On this first Sunday of Advent, it is our joy to come together. We wait with patience. We wait with anticipation. We wait with projects. We wait with hope. O God of love, be our guide as we walk towards Christmas. Amen. So for a couple of the Sundays before Christmas, I'm going to focus on Joseph in the Gospel. And why I'm exploring that is because Joseph is really spoken about in the Gospel of Matthew, because there is no man who had a more significant role in the life of Jesus than his father, earthly father, Joseph. Joseph adopted him as his son. He protected him, provided for him, taught him, and mentored him. Now, we don't often hear about Joseph because there actually aren't a lot of scripture verses. Um, there's just a handful of stories, the birth narrative story, and a few other points along Jesus, one, one great adolescence story, and then a few others. There are, um, Mark doesn't even mention Joseph, and you won't find anything about Joseph in the Acts of the Apostles or any of the epistles. So we need to, in fact, do a lot of imagination because we know this is an important person, but we don't have a lot of textual clues. So we do that with our imagination, which is why it was a good start to look at tools, right, and, and get a little bit tactile. Um, and so we, we have to some ways 
fill in the blanks ourselves. In Hebrew, they call that midrash. We start to do the imagination. What comes between the text? There's the word, the word, and then there's a whole lot of life in between there. And that's where we get to reflect and think about and where I'm going to take us through uh, Advent. We're going to look for some details and some scenarios that maybe weren't written down, but they are consistent. They fit with the gospel arc, right? We're not going to a wild place, but a place... um, Jerry talked about visiting with Dick and what, what the landscape is like in Palestine and what kind of things might have been there. So we, we start to ask ourselves, what is it that Joseph can teach us about God? What can Joseph teach us about ourselves? What can we prepare for the meaning of the Christmas story by listening and watching Joseph? Beginning in the second century, the Christians found themselves actually asking these same questions around Jesus' childhood and around his parents. And they started to fill in the gaps. And scholars call these apocryphal gospels. So they aren't in what we consider the regular Bible. There are other things outside that are interesting. And that's Greek for the word that means obscure or hidden, the apocrypha. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were written in the second half of the first century, and the Apocryphas were written much later, um, even as late as the fifth century. And many of these are fanciful, and they appear to be closer to legends. Really, they're, they're legends recounting Jesus' childhood. And I've enjoyed particularly the, the infancy gospel of Thomas. There's even Jesus in those taking clay and turning them into birds, and like the clay birds fly away. So they have these kind of fancy, what did they do, uh, what did Jesus uh, act like as a little boy, and how did his father respond? His dad scolded him. His dad scolded him. Dad wanted him to be um, a well-mannered child according to to Thomas. Another source of the narrative is from the outside of the Bible is the Proto-Evangelum of James, long word, written about 150. And the book seems to be authored by James, one of Jesus' brothers. And this book gives the early account of Mary's birth, her childhood, and a particular account of Joseph and the age he was when he married Mary. It suggests that Mary was raised by priests in temple courts from the age of three until she was about 12. And according to this extra text, the priest sought a husband for Mary among the older widowers from the house of David with the intention that Mary would be cared for by this husband as if a father might care for a daughter or a grandfather might care for a granddaughter. Now, there was a ritual process, and I won't elaborate on that, but Joseph becomes chosen to be engaged to Mary. Uh, And this depiction that Joseph was an elderly man means that when we hear in the gospel, Jesus' brothers and the sister, which uh, Mike read, uh, that means they were actually step-siblings. They were from Joseph's first wife. You can see there's trying to build up a devotion around Mary and the Holy Family and what's going on. If we only had Matthew and Mark to 
to go by, we wouldn't really think about G Joseph as an elderly widower. The accounts don't preclude it, but they don't suggest it. Instead, the engagement was more typical of the biblical era when young women like Mary would become engaged at around age 13 or 14. The story of Joseph, the widow, the elderly widower, took hold of the church in many ways around the 6th century. The history of Joseph the carpenter elaborates these traditions around the Holy Family. In this document, and when I was thinking about St. Luke, I thought you might be humored by this, Joseph was said to be 90 years old, all right, 90, when his first wife died and left him with six children. Not only was Joseph described as a carpenter, but because of his piety wisdom, the legend is that he had also done some studies as a priest. And so uh, the legend continues that Joseph died at age 111 when Jesus was 18. We don't get that from the Bible. We get it from these extra sources. So this was not actually so wildly imagined because the Roman Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, Martin Luther, most um, Reformed Protestants, including John Wesley up until the 18th century, really held this view. Today, most Protestants, you know, hold more skepticism, more question marks around all of this. Um, but we can still go back to that text and see, uh, that was read earlier, that we can see that, that Jesus did have brothers and sisters of Mary and Joseph. Whether their staff, their steps are half or full or however they came into it, there's a lot of story around this. When you go home and you're setting up and decorating your home for Christmas, I hope that you have a creche or that maybe you have a painting or a nativity set. I'd like you to look at it because you'll be able to see the theology here. Is the Joseph in your nativity set a young man or is your Joseph an old man? Right? You'll, you'll get to see, depending on when the impact uh, in, uh, the theology of the artists that made it or, um, or the theology of the crafters. I was going to look at our, our um, carvings that are for sale. Uh, they're made out of olive wood in, in the garden court. You know, did, did the young Joseph have a very chiseled face, right? Double entendre there. Um, a chiseled face, or did he have, in fact, a big gray beard? And we see this um, in Italian art and in Spanish art. St. Joseph with the Infant Jesus by a female Italian artist, Elizabeth Serrani. She painted Jesus, uh, Joseph as a very old man. So you get this 90 to 110-year-old man with an infant. All right, dear friends, St. Lucas, can you imagine 90 and 110 years old with an infant on your lap, right? All right. Or you get um, more the Spanish um, uh, Murillo, who, who um, paints the Holy Family with a dog. I'm seeing a veterinarian at our congregation, but the Holy Family with a dog, right? And they're kind of like playing catch. And it's really quite delightful the way that you see Joseph interacting with Jesus. So look at your art when you get home today. You'll see the tradition that's informed it. Was it, was it more Italian? Was it more Spanish? Was it 
pre-Reformation or post-Reformation. Kind of fun to see how that shapes us. If Joseph was a carpenter, then Jesus would have been trained as a carpenter. He would have grown up like so many children who are part of a family trade, whether um, our parents run a business, if they have some kind of uh, profession or craft, many, many children are raised up in that. And that was the case with Jesus. Jesus followed his father into the trade and would have started working as a small boy, probably with very simple tasks, safe tasks as that little guy and as he grew up. Joseph's profession was translated from the Greek word tekton, someone who works with wood. And since there was wood in parts of that region and not in others, many homes were built out of stones or into caves, it would have been typical for a carpenter to build the doors or furniture or implements for the the farm animals, plows and yokes. What does this story and this illustration tell us about God? That God would choose somebody so humble, a craftsman, somebody with calluses, somebody with rough hands, somebody who was very much a physical laborer. God didn't choose a priest, an educated scribe, a lawyer, or a businessman. But really, even in that culture, God chose a humble, poor worker to be the father of the Messiah. Jesus comes, Joseph comes, from the house of David. We can go back to Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, a thousand years before Jesus was born, God sent Samuel to Bethlehem to look to anoint one of Jesse's son to become Israel's next king. God sends the one out to look for who will be our next leader. Do you remember there's a story of all these handsome, good-looking, robust sons? And the one that gets picked to be the next king is the littlest. Sometimes it's described as the scrawniest, the least handsome David. And David is chosen to lead the sheep herder, the one who was probably a little bit stinky, the one who got the least status of an assignment. What it tells us is that God sees more than what mortals see. God values more than what society values. God continues the same pattern by choosing the heart for the hero. God chooses Joseph because Joseph has the heart to do this job. We see Joseph and Jesus. We see Jesus and Joseph. There's an intentional modeling. To be a good woodworker, you have to be patient. You can't work with force. You have to go with what you've been given. Joseph is a model of mercy, of truth-telling, and of humble service. None of us have been asked to do what Joseph did by raising the Messiah. But every mother, every father, every step-parent, every grandparent, every aunt and uncle, and every member of the church 
has been asked to raise children of God. All of us. We have been asked to raise children of God. And we are to show them that picture of God's mercy, God's love, and to teach them intentionally what it means to be a child of God. And we can do that by following the model of Joseph of Nazareth. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.